this show is centered around three main pillars. That would be self-improvement, which are things like exercise, biohacking, growth, mindset, spirituality, uh, entrepreneurship, sales, making money, wealth generation, uh, real estate investing, which is a big, big passion of mine, and manly activities. What's manly activities? I categorize that as, as things revolving around driving cars, shooting guns, my place as a man uh, in my family, and defending yourself. Hey, everybody. This is your host, JP Albano. I am so excited about today's show. In today's show, our premiere episode, we're going to start with lessons around the foundational things that you need to do to start improving the quality of your life. That's broken down into sleep, diet, and gut health. We'll get into details on those three areas on what you can do to start making transformational improvements to improve your baseline so that you can perform every day at your absolute best. Thank you so much. Enjoy the show. This show is an exciting journey for me. The purpose of the show really is to share with you, the listener, viewer, my journey through all the different things that I've learned lessons around in my life. And so on today's show, uh, as our premiere episode, it occurred to me, let's start with the basics. Let's start with the things, the lessons that I've learned around how to really get the foundation in place to improve your quality of life. And for me, uh, a lot of that inspiration came back in sometime in 2017 um, when I, I found, and I don't remember how, uh, I found or came across uh, the Bulletproof Diet book. And I actually have a copy of the original book that I was talking about here from Dave Asprey. Now, Dave has, uh, in my opinion, kind of grown to be a little bit of a weirdo recently. But, you know, I, I'm not hating the messenger or the message or whatever, right? But the content in the book was, for me, really eye-opening. And I think what helped me was that the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, very open-minded with things. Uh, I'm very welcoming to new ideas, new concepts. We'll get into some of these things in the show in future episodes. But uh, I'm, you know, always open to alternative theories, alternative stories, uh, alternative narratives, uh, alternative media, right? And technically alternative music, right? Everything's alternative. Um, and so the information in this book really kind of opened my eyes and realized, man, I, I always like doing things a little bit different from everybody else. Um, and the information in the book and the Bulletproof Diet book just resonated with me really well. And I kind of took to, uh, to this idea of, of biohacking. And I, actually, now that I talk, I think about it, I know where it came from. I have a coworker, had a coworker, he doesn't work with us anymore. Uh, Chet. So Chet, if you're listening, thank you. Um, I remember having a conversation with him and he mentioned something about biohacking. I'm like, what the hell is that? Went on to explain what that is. Basically, biohacking, if you live under a cave somewhere and you don't know what that is, uh, I'll do my own version of a definition. Biohacking is using what we know uh, about supplements, exercise, diet, lifestyle, and doing things in a way to accelerate the standalone effects of doing those things by themselves. So for example, if your goal is to reduce inflammation, you could take supplements that have uh, uh, turmeric in there uh, or um, or you eat an anti-inflammatory diet and maybe you expose yourself to cryotherapy or cold exposure. You know These things stacked together can have a profound effect on uh, reducing your overall levels of inflammation in your body. So that's basically a, a, a simple version of, of what biohacking is. So for, for me... I think maybe for you too, the benefits of biohacking are like, how can I make the exercises that I do uh, better, right? How do I not spend an hour at the gym lifting weights? That's just dumb. Um, how can I do the minimum dose uh, or minimum amount of work 
required to get the maximum effort, right? Um, and so that's always fascinating to me. And we'll talk about some of those things uh, and what I've taken from uh, from those lessons along the way. Uh, I'll share with you, the listener here. So again, today's show, we're going to go over some of the things that I took around, took off from um, how I improve my quality of life, really around uh, starting with sleep. Sleep, I feel like, is the, the, the foundation of all this. If you are a terrible sleeper, you're getting terrible sleep, your life will suck. We could use that as a caption somewhere. Um, so how do we improve uh, sleep, right? A couple of things. I think many people today, especially today, it's, it's harder today to have good sleep hygiene than it was probably 15, 20 years ago. I mean, we didn't have these problems when I was a kid, not that I'm that old, but there's a lot of uh, environmental factors that are making our sleep really, really that, that much harder. And we'll go into the details here uh, right now. So I think first, the first thing I did to improve my quality of sleep was obviously understand what can impact my sleep and how do I stop doing those things. Um, but before I can kind of get into that, I needed to understand a baseline. How was my sleep working? What was it looking like? What did it, I needed a way to quantify it. And um, back in 2017, a company called Aura came out. I think they're out of Sweden or Finland or somewhere over there. And they had this this ring. This is their, their newer version. It looks like a normal ring. But back in, in 2017, 2018, uh, it was a goofy, large ring. And, and for better or worse, it actually met my business partner as a result of wearing that goofy ring because he recognized uh, what the hell it is that I'm wearing. But anyway, this ring, I'll take it off and I'll show the, the video viewers. Uh, it's a little ring with a couple sensors inside and a little battery. And uh, what it does is it measures your your heart rate. It measures your respiratory rate. Uh, it measures your body temperature um, and, uh, and a couple other things. And it's gotten very, it's gotten more sophisticated as they've iterated the, uh, the device. Um, and this is not uncommon from many wearables today. I think they were among the first though, um, in this space from around sleep. I know there's the whoop thing. And then there's also a lot of the Apple watches, uh, contract sleep. Uh, I'm not going to get into a debate on which one's better. I feel like Personally, the Aura Ring is, is I think, more accurate. Uh, there was a study that they released recently uh, that, that they have as a new sleep algorithm to help detect whether you're what stages of sleep you're in. And they were like 90% accurate compared to like traditional clinical sleep things that you wear when you go to sleep, right? So that's pretty cool. Uh, but what, what's important here, the takeaway here is that you wear this thing and you get a baseline. How much deep sleep are you getting each night? Deep sleep is super important because deep sleep is the part where your body gets its uh, restoration. That's where all the, the cleanup happens and the repair happens. And that typically happens uh, in the beginning of the night. So if you're going to bed late, or if you're watching horror movies before you go to sleep, or you're playing video games, which I did, I'll get in a second, uh, or you're, you're around a lot of bright lights, especially LED lights, complex fluorescent lights, or, uh, or fluorescent lights, um, bright screens or bright stores, you're going to mess up your circadian rhythm, your, your natural biological clock. Uh, and then when you go to go to sleep, we have a heavy meal and you go to sleep, uh, there's a good chance that you'll miss that window of when your, your body is, is trying to get deep sleep and you might eliminate it or minimize it. And it's part of the reason why you would be uh, waking up feeling like crap or groggy, like you didn't get enough sleep. And I was, I was doing all the wrong things back in 2016, 2017. I, I had my first daughter in 2013, uh, shortly thereafter, I started getting back into video games. Video games was, is the lesser degree, uh, a huge part of my life. I grew up playing Super Mario Brothers and Nintendo back in 1987 or 88, uh, Legend of Zelda, all that stuff. And I've played <laughs> all the consoles. Um, uh, computer games, of course, were, were really 
actually what got me started in my career. We'll get into that in another, another episode. But um, I used to play a, a very exciting online multiplayer game called Dota, Dota 2, actually. And um, it'd get your heart rate up because you're really competitive in this game. You get frustrated, you get angry. I have a screen on with no blue light blocking glasses. We'll get into that one uh, next. We get into light and, and dark room things. Uh, but I was doing all the wrong things. So I go to bed and my heart rate would be beating uh, go to sleep late. I pass my window basically for for uh, for getting my deep sleep, and uh, I wake up the next morning, unsurprisingly, feeling like crap. And I, I called me stupid. I, I just didn't realize what was causing that. Um, and so, reading the bulletproof book, getting an aura ring, and starting to to understand how my lifestyle was impacting my quality of sleep started allowing me to make changes and tweaks and learn along the way. And I think that's the best thing. That's the best takeaway is for all of us to be able to quantify something, um, track measure it, and then you make changes and you see what that does for you, right? That's kind of the, the big key here. So starting with an aura ring, giving you insight into, into what your sleep looks like, I think is for me, it was a great place to start. It could be for you as well. By the way, uh, aura doesn't pay me, at least not yet. Uh, if anything, it's the opposite. I pay them. I'm on my third or fourth ring now and I've you know, bought rings for my wife and, and, uh, and for my, uh, my business wife, Matt. But yeah, that's, that's that. The next piece we'll go into, which kind of relays back to sleep, uh, or sleep hygiene is around light. I touched upon it a moment ago where I talked about different types of light. In our house, if you were to come to my home now, uh, we have lots of really pretty light fixtures. We never use them. I'm using some right now to help with the uh, with the overall uh, illumination for the, for the show here. But everyday living, when the sun goes down, we really use the light, the overhead light in our stove um, as the main living area light. We have um, Himalayan salt, nightlight that we use in our in our bathroom um and that's sort of really it we also use a red a red light lamp led lamp uh as well as a portable thing and the reason is amber lights and red lights they are very very low to no impact on your ability to uh to get sleep compact fluorescent lights led especially led lights they're, they're super prevalent uh they have a problem and the problem is they create a lot of artificial blue light and i say artificial because in nature blue light doesn't really exist by itself um, that's a man-made phenomenon. And our, our, our biology isn't used to doing that. And there's, there's a lot of things that can happen. Um, if you're really interested in this, I strongly suggest checking out Dr. Jack Cruz. Uh, he is a neuroscientist, uh, brain surgeon, neuroscientist. Yeah. No, he is a, yeah, he operates in the brain. So neurosurgeon He's a neurosurgeon. There's the word. Uh, he's a neurosurgeon and he goes down like past the rabbit hole into the center of the earth, uh, with the actual science that goes on uh, with photons and uh, and light and how it affects the chemistry in your body, so super fascinating stuff. I can link that to uh, to the uh, to the show here. Um, so in, in in getting exposed to that information and really understanding the damage that it can do to your biology, to your light, the, the oxidative uh, stress and damage that it can cause to your eyes, and never mentioning not, not to mention the damage it can do to your your sleep uh, rhythm. Uh, we avoid them at all costs. So all the lights in our house, it's a long way of saying all the lights in our house are either uh, halogen light bulbs or they're incandescent. And I know those have become out of, they've gone out of style. Uh, I have some conspiracy ideas around that, uh, which we can cover in a future show. But um, the point is they're sort of hard to come by. Uh, but if you can, the best you can, the best, one of the best things you do is lower the amount of light you use at nighttime um, and also wear blue light blocking glasses, those yellow or orange uh, tinted glasses. They look kind of funky, but they're going to save your uh, your biology when you try to go to sleep and, and test it, right? Have all the lights on in your house, go to sleep, see how you, you, you see what your deep sleep looks like, right? And then put the stuff on, lower the lights, see what it does for you, right? That's a great test. 
Uh, next piece is around EMF, uh, electromagnetic fields. So when it comes to when it comes to EMF, uh, we've taken it very seriously. And in my house, we do not use or have uh, wireless routers. Uh, when we do, we get them from the cable company. We go in, or I go in. We, my wife doesn't do this. I do this. Uh, I go in and I disable the wireless radio on there. It's a pain in the ass sometimes because sometimes you need a device to connect wirelessly, but we get around that. We use everything that's hardwired, just like how life was before wireless was. If you're old enough to remember those days, you'd use the Cat5 cable. You plugged it in. It was basically a large telephone cable cord. Plug things in. So all my computers are hardwired in. Our TVs are plugged, are, are hardwired in. Um, we don't have a router in our house. I don't sleep with my phone near me or on me. Um, I used to keep my phone in airplane mode next to me. Uh, and then recently, my wife made a good point. If you have an iPhone, and I'm not sure about the Androids, but if you leave the uh, Find My Phone service on your phone, every, I don't know what the time is, every few, whatever, insert variable of time, uh, it, it, um, it will broadcast a beacon. Uh, and that's another EMF field. So this, these fields, when they're next to you, they can interrupt your deep sleep. You don't want to do that, right? Because if you get no deep sleep, you're going to rapidly uh, degrade your, your body. So we mitigate or remove or eliminate as much EMF as we can in our, in our sleeping environment. Uh, next piece is you want to try to sleep in a freaking cave. So what that means is getting blackout curtains, uh, getting rid of or hiding any lights like your nightlight or your alarm clock light um, or anything that has light. And I'm sure as you've noticed, right, because you're an adult and listening to this, I'm sure you've, uh, you've gone to sleep with having, you know, a small little light in the room. And when you go to sleep, your light, your eyes aren't light adjusted, right? So you're like, oh, that's fine. And then you wake up middle of the night, and you're like, my God, why is it so bright in here? Well, uh, as your eyes get light adjusted, um, your skin, not as, your skin has photoreceptors on there. And uh, when they're receiving light signals, it can affect your sleep biology. So you really want to sleep in the darkest, darkest room as possible. That will help improve your quality of sleep uh, and the amount of restorative sleep that you can get. So that's a relatively easy one to do, but I think it's often um, missed or forgotten about. And so don't do that. And then the other piece too that was sort of frustrating for me because just of our family dynamic right now, I've kind of finished work usually around five o'clock. I've got three little girls, I'm a girl dad, uh, and we get dinner on going around 5 30, 6 o'clock sometimes, sometimes a little later. And um, eating a heavy meal before bed is bad. And eating uh, a meal within three to four hours of going to sleep can also impact your sleep. Uh, what I noticed when I wear my ring, I will uh, and have a heavy meal. Uh, the lowest point of my resting heart rate happens further in the night. And what that does is it messes up my deep sleep that I get in the beginning of the night. So by having enough time between your last meal and when you go to bed gives your body time to digest. Uh, and then when you do go to sleep, it's not digesting food. It's doing other processes like repairing your body. So having a heavy meal uh, or have a heavy protein meal, right? You kind of get those meat sweats. That's not going to help too. Another piece too that's going to be helpful is your temperature, right? Temperature in your room. You want to sleep in a cool room as possible. Everyone's different for me. We're sleeping around uh, 68, 67, 69 degrees. Um, anything over that, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, you know, ripping the sheets off. Um, and uh, temperature is really important. Uh, there's reasons behind that. We'll get to that later on. But but the, the point for you, as a listener, trying to, to get, take away some tips that you can do to apply to improve your sleep is to sleep in a cool room, right? So that's really important. All right, up next, let's talk about diet. Uh, as a... 
son of a Sicilian immigrant. This was a hard one for me. Uh, in f- going and reading through the Bulletproof Diet book and uh, reading about the dangers of, of gluten and what it does to your body and listening to shows about that, uh, that was going to be a hard one for me to give up. Give up pasta, give up bread. Uh, I mean, this body was built on macaroni and cheese. It was built on pizza and it was built on, on pasta. Um, and so at the time, there weren't really a lot of suitable uh, replacements for pasta that tasted good. Um, whole wheat pasta isn't any better. And uh, that was hard. But um, what I did was I adopted a ketogenic diet uh, at, at one point, I think in 2018. I did, was doing it for about eight or nine months. And uh, I, what I noticed was that um, for me growing up, I think I was always hypoglycemic. Uh, I always had these massive sugar uh, or blood sugar crashes. And when they happened, I would get super angry uh, I would or hangry. I turned to Joe Pesci. Uh, or I would get uh, super laser focused on on finding food to eat. And um, it was frustrating for the people that were around me when those times came. And uh, having these like violent swings of, of, of mood and stability, just honestly, and energy suck. Um, and so one of the things that I found to be really impactful for me was, uh, was switching to, at the time, a ketogenic diet. And having sustained energy was awesome. Uh, and feeling satiated, feeling full for hours, longer was awesome. It was great being able to have a meal and not feeling like I had a lead ball in my, in my gut, uh, was, was huge. And so, uh, so I found a lot of benefits for them. Actually, I I ended up losing a lot of weight, so much weight. Uh, and I didn't realize how inflamed I was. My face looked puffy. That was like normal. I had family and clients asking me, you know, are are you okay? You look, you look like you're really skinny sort of thing. Um, so there was a time of, of adjustment there, but I didn't realize how inflamed my body was because of the food that I was eating. And so, uh, what you can do to improve quality of life is look at your diet. Look at the food that you're eating. Is it clean? Uh, are, are you eating food that's filled with ingredients that you can't describe or you can't read or pronounce? Those are all keys that you want to be aware of uh, for cleaning up your diet. And uh, if you haven't done so already, like that's a great place to start. After you've kind of solved sleep, next you work on diet. Uh, and we're at a good place now. We're, we're, um, we're strict but uh, not as strict as we were before. Uh, I think the, the keys for uh, lessons for our listeners are going to be around really trying to eat as cleanly or as, and as organically as possible. Um, you know, I, I I grew up with not a lot of money. I would hear my family in the beginning, you know, why, why would we why would we buy the organic stuff? It's twice as expensive as the conventional things. The conventional things are fine, right? I'm fine. I'm look at me. Um, and uh, the saying that I, I keep coming back to is this idea that. You know, if you're going to pollute your body with, with pesticides and chemicals that number one aren't tested in combination with each other. In other words, they might test the pesticide for toxicity. I'll stand alone by itself. Spray the carrot with a thing. Eat the carrot. What happens? Oh, they're fine. Well, what happens when you spray the carrot with one chemical and then you spray the whatever lettuce with another chemical and you spray this one with another chemical? Now you've got three chemicals working together. How have they been tested in humans? I don't think there are really as many studies around that. Um, and I don't think it takes rocket science to realize that eating chemicals isn't good for you, right? I don't know. Um, and so uh, the saying I like to say is um, you either pay now or you pay later. And personally speaking, I'd rather pay now with uh, with money uh, than having to deal with health crises, crises later on in my life. I'm sure, you know, for me, nothing brings your health into focus until you get sick. You get sick, you get cold, you get the flu, you get the whatever, and you're like feeling like crap and you're like, man, I 
I can't, I can't do anything. I can't be a good dad. I can't be uh, a good husband. I can't be a good entrepreneur or leader. It just sucks. You're just focusing on wanting to crawl up and ball on a couch and go to sleep, right? So I want to push that off as long as freaking possible. Um, and so that's why we choose to eat as best as we can. And that includes eating non-GMO foods, um, things that are not uh, sprayed with the active ingredient uh, glyphosate. And the reason why the two work together, if you don't really know this, uh, GMO are genetically modified organisms. They're foods that have been modified to be able to withstand the active ingredient of Roundup uh, or other pesticides. Roundup's from Monsanto. There's other other types of, of Roundup. Using Roundup as, as, a, as a name brand for Kleenex and Q-tip. Um, but the, 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 the mechanism of action for glyphosate is to attack and destroy the gut of the bug or the insects that are eating the plant. Is it really that far removed that there's such a prevalence of leaky gut syndrome and intestinal challenges and problems for people today uh, when you've got this chemical that's designed to destroy the guts of the bugs that eat them? Like, how would that really be that far removed from humans? And oh, by the way, uh, the companies that, that make these products, the Monsanto's of the world, uh, they, uh, they do self-safety studies. That's right. The FTA allows them to self-certify the safety of their, um, of their food and uh, of, the, um, of their ingredients. And so, uh, thankfully, glyphosate was just recently announced as a, as a uh, possible carcinogen. You know, do you want to eat foods that you know are sprayed with po- possible carcinogens? I don't. And so that's why we don't, we don't do that. Um, so that's really important. So non, non, non GMO food, non, non GMO food. Yep. Uh, and, um, and also stay away from sodas, things with sugary drinks. Like sodas have high fructose corn syrup and other, uh, artif- artificial, uh, foods. Those are derived from corn. Corn is usually a GMO, pr- uh, pr- crop. It's also heavily sprayed with, um, with, uh, with pesticides, including glyphosate. Uh, beets too. You want to stay away from non, or you want to stay away from uh, non-organic beets. Those are also a heavily uh, sprayed uh, crop with uh, glyphosate and also commonly GMO'd. So there's some things for you. Okay, and on the, the the third and final subject, let's talk about gut health. It's related to diet. Get your microbiome tested. And uh, what that looks like here is I'll, I'll show you an example in a second of a test that I had done. But you work with a practitioner, you poop in a cup or a can or a bag or a plate, whatever else, you mail it in and they will analyze uh, all of the bugs in your gut. And by bugs, that's a good thing. That don't mean creepy crawlers and, and cockroaches, all the bacteria that are in your gut. And they'll help you understand which species or species are out of balance. Uh, do you have the basic foundational ones? Those are called keystone species. Do you have those foundational ones? In what quantity and ratio do you have those? Uh, or do you have an overgrowth of a bad type of, of bacteria in there that's causing problems for you. Uh, for me personally, I had problems. Uh, I didn't have enough of a species of bacteria that were um, creating B vitamins for, for me. So I need to supplement with that, uh, which leads me to a next thing. I'll show you the, the test. Next thing is on well, supplements themselves. A lot of our food is void of nutrients. Um, so you take vitamins, right? Uh, but which vitamins do you take? How many do you need? You won't know that until you test it. So I found a great company, uh, Nutritionally Yours. Again, they're not affiliated. I pay them. They don't pay me. Uh, and you take a blood test 
uh, and they will analyze your blood and they'll tell you exactly which vitamins that you're deficient in, which ones you're borderline in, uh, and uh, which minerals you're deficient or borderline in. And then they'll recommend a protocol for you to take to get those things back up. And the, the key here is that you retest. Do it. You, know, you can do it ideally twice a year, right? Every six months or so. Uh, worst case, you do it once a year. And at least you know what you're, what you're working towards. Um, and that's, that's absolutely key. So let me show you real quick, uh, for those of you that are on the, uh, the video broadcast here. So this is the, uh, the, the vitamin and mineral test from uh, Nutritionally Yours. Uh, the test is kind of expensive. I think it went up in price. Uh, it used to be around 500. And I think uh, with the latest bout of, uh, of everything getting more expensive, it's, it's around 600 bucks. But like that sort of information is, is, is worth it for me, right? So I'll jump into uh, sort of how this, how this works here. So we can see here for my B1 vitamin, I was just, I was in the green, but uh, there's a bar there's a bar chart here for those that are listening. Uh, and then they'll list all the vitamins, B1, B2, B3, et cetera, et cetera, with a bar chart with a gray, yellow, and green areas and a, a value, a number in the middle. And uh, depending on where the number was, will tell you if you're either the borderline or in the good or in the bad. Uh, and for a handful of them, I was technically in the green, but still on the low side. I don't want to be green, but in the low side. I want to be, you know, somewhere robust in there. Uh, two of these B vitamins were in the uh, the borderline, and I had the same problem with some of the uh, amino acids like glutamine and uh, I can't read this citric acid. I can't read it from my screen here. Oleic acid, right? Um, so this is a great way of of determining. Okay, what do I need to work on, right? Um, and the the importance of this is really important because you can see in the screen here there's a there's a diagram of the the Krebs cycle and the Krebs cycle is how your your cells and your mitochondria uh, create ATP energy and when you're missing certain uh, vitamins or minerals from this process it can screw things up and what that means for you is low energy production and you're not having the same level of excitement and stamina and whatever else uh, to be able to do your awesome thing in the world because your body isn't isn't working properly so. Having the key minerals and vitamins in place will allow your cells to operate functionally, be able to create energy, and that's what it's all about. So that's the vitamin test. Let me show you the uh, the biome test. The biome test that I, I worked with uh, is called Biome FX. From what I understand, from person that I trust, uh, this is probably among the the most <sighs> deep. Deep is the wrong word. Um, full say full spectrum. It's one of the most comprehensive. Here we go. Comprehensive tests that there are. Uh, for doing your your microbiome, right? Um, and uh, what's great about this is this, just like the other one, there's there's a, a there's some there's a chart here. It'll show you where you are uh, on your overall index of diversity for 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 bacteria, uh, where you're in the green, where you're in the red. Um, for me, I think I had a couple of um, yeah, I had some spots where my one type of bacteria, the I'm butcher this name, a C, I'm gonna remember this. One bacteria type was overgrown. You don't want that. Uh, two of them were in the uh, in the green range, and one was in the orange. So, and one was zero. I had none of the other one. Um, so these keystone species for me, I was I was missing. And then what you would do is you'd work with a practitioner, and they would recommend a series of um, probiotics and uh, and prebiotics. A prebiotic is a uh, is food that's designed specifically for your gut. Like for example, if you chilled uh, if you chilled white rice uh, and then ate it not eat it cold, you got to chill it once, it converts the starches in there to something that is very beneficial for the bacteria in your gut. Now, it's not very ketogenic, uh, but it does help to feed uh, certain species of bacteria in your gut. So that sort of 
thing is um, is part of the plan for improving your your microbiome health. And again, if you can't improve that, then all the food that you're going to eat, a lot of it's not going to be digested, or the vitamins won't be created, and you're really doing yourself a disservice. So, what I would suggest that you do is you have to find a practitioner that understands, that's able to order number one, and number two is able to decipher uh, and interpret and provide a protocol for the microbiome biome effects. And you can, I think, go on their website and there's a thing to find a practitioner. You don't have to find someone local. You can work remotely. Uh, and the uh, Nutritionally Yours uh, people, as a website. You go on there, you order it. You do order the test directly from them. You go to like a lab corp or a Quest. Uh, you have your blood drawn and um, send it, get the FedEx it out or mail it out. And then a few weeks later, they'll send you your results. Um, and those things have been, have been wonderful for me. So I wanted to share that with you. And so I think in conclusion for our show today, if I can summarize the topics, the lessons around improving quality of life, uh, really getting a, a, a solid handle on your sleep, measure it, track it, make adjustments and see how you can improve that, uh, work on your diet and work on your gut health, which includes uh, uh, understanding and measuring where your body is right now, where your gut is right now, and then working with a practitioner to make those improvements. Those, are, those have been all wonderful and fantastic things that I've done for me and my family to improve our quality of life. And I can't imagine doing anything else until you start getting these foundational pieces in place. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. I really appreciate you. I'm super excited about this show and the potential that we're going to have here. I've got a ton of different information with lessons around a variety of things, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody. I'll see you soon. Do me a favor. I appreciate you listening to my show. I need you to go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It really, really helps me out. Thank you so much. I'll see you on the next show.